Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening. Uh, the episode tonight is Alex, Annie, Alexis, Anne. Thank goodness I can read it because I haven't been able to get it in the right order all week. Um, <laughs> we have a very special. We have a special guest tonight, so we will we will be take not uh, taking call in questions, but uh, perhaps later on in uh, the show after after uh, Kim leaves us, we will. Of Kay Collins and comments, but right now we are going to talk to the wonderful Kim Rhodes, who plays the very badass Jody Mills. And you just continue, you continue <laughs> your levels of badassery in this. In fact, I think they got even higher. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I didn't. I had nothing to do with the badassery. I just did what they told me to. <laughs> oh. Uh, believe me, there'd be a big difference between you doing the badassery and and me. So yes, you did everything. Okay. And the big thing that I took this way, but congratulations on living. To oh right, yeah. I thought every yes. time they call me and are like, "Hey, what's your availability?" I'm like, "That's it. I'm dead." <laughs> yeah, everyone was very stressed out once they heard you were in the beginning of the episode. We're like, wait a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's going down. She's going to die. Yeah. I thought the biggest thing I took away from this episode, it was the, there was a lot going on here, but it was Jody Mills lived. She lived to come back another episode. So, yes, I'm <laughs> very, very pleased about that. I, was, I, really I cool am, was I. Lived. Yeah. yeah. Right? Everybody everybody made it everybody made it through. Everybody you would think would have um at some point been gone. Uh yeah, we all made it through. And it's it, fandom's gotten to the point where it's like, you know, kill Jody Mills and we riot, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what, that's I and I love that and like I I'm also a fan of the show, so I I love what as a character she brings, but if they could kill Bobby, they could kill anybody. Like quite that's honestly, that's true. that's it's it's mm-hmm. so you know, and and even and even um Osric's character, like yeah. I don't know. That was that was pretty painful losing both of those mm-hmm. boys and we still come yeah. back and watch. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. true. This is well, true. Thought, you know, it's it's there's certain characters that leave with even just the thought of them being killed off, it leaves a bigger hole than others. There's some that we just kind of move on, but Jody's definitely one that would that would mm-hmm. definitely leave a wound for us. As, I, lo- I like I, to and yeah, I think for leave boys, a mark. Yeah, and I think for the for the Winchesters as well, I think that would be very close to losing Bobby or Kevin for them, not just, you know, run of the well, run of the mill loss. They don't mm-hmm. have like they're very they're very good about writing it so that Jody's just maternal enough. Like they have a great affection slash professional relationship with her. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely I like to think that if they do kill Jody, it will be because they want a pretty specific impact on the boys. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it would be the kind of death 
similar to, to Kevin and Bobby, where it would be for the, to put them through the pain of it. Yeah. Yeah, or because it would need to, like, if somebody needed to be snapped over the edge, like, you know, if Dean's fighting the Mark Cain, and then he needs to be, like, snapped into, ah, why give a shit anymore, it doesn't matter, you'd kill somebody like Jody off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so that he'd be like, fine, forget it, I'm just giving into it kind of thing. Yeah, it would have Mm -hmm. to have an emotional resonance. Yeah. Oh, well, but, you know. They know they or, know much more than I do. They're smarter than I am. Those writers. Well, or if they wanted to they make do, a huge they like impact, they like have, to hurt them. Mm. What? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say if they wanted to have a very a huge impact with the mark of Cain and it completely taking over Dean and then having having him kill someone who in his right mind he would never right? harm, but in his oh, worst shit. mind it would be... Meg! Oh, my like God. That. that would be... Can you imagine if something... Ha- and, like, he killed Jody? <gasps> yeah, that would be... a ima- Yeah, I, I hope they're saving me for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if they got to kill you off... You know what? If you're going to kill me off, can it be Dean, please? Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, right. I want it to be. I want it to be irreparably, irreparably harming to one of the boys. Yes. <laughs> Carry that uh, yeah. for the rest of your life. I don't think you have a lot of other guest stars on a lot of other shows having conversations like this. No, no, <laughs> like, that is the beauty. <laughs> so yeah. So ask me questions about what do you what do you think? I mean, I know I've watched it a couple of times. The first time I watched the episode, I was kind of. Um, I was I was live tweeting and I had a friend in the room at the same time, so I was multitasking. So then I sat down just between me and it and watched it again. And it, I mean, Robert Barron's is really fucking good. He's yeah. been a great addition. And it's yeah. interesting because he's he's so new to us, but he seems to get the characters all so well, whether they're yeah. existing characters like you and the boys, or bringing in. Um, Alex Annie and fleshing her out so well. Yep. It was just, it was really, really good. And it was really interesting to see the relationship between your character and her character just grow. And you both did a fantastic job with that. Oh, thank you. He, he did such a great job. And, and having everything resonate, like it's a really big thing to write a not boy centric show, not like boys penises, but boys like, Jensen and Jared, <laughs> and and to to take a risk as a new writer and pitch a show that isn't completely focused on Sam and Dean, and to still find a way to make every choice he makes resonate with them and really come back to them and how how Jody's pain mirrored what Dean's going through and what, do we do we talk about this or do we not talk about this and what are, what you know how does Sam factor in as like what is he willing to do and what is Jody willing to do like it it, it was so inter- intricately tied together um, I was really proud of him. I was proud to be a part of it, and I was proud to to be, you know, witness to somebody that I actually got to be there when um, Bob Singer came up to Robert Barons and complimented him on the episode and on his work as a writer in general. And um, 
it was it was really sweet because I guess we all, even the writers, like I know I get all Twitter pated around Robert Singer because he's kind of like he's just freaking awesome and wonderful and amazing. But it was nice to see that the writers do too. <laughs> kind of like, oh, thank you. He complimented me. Oh my god, I gotta write that down. <laughs> So yeah, so what were so like what were the things that struck you? What are the questions that you want to Oh wait, um can I say something before anything else? Hold on. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Um there's a moment at the end of this and I just want to make sure I I give like a shout out to the amazingness that is Jensen and Jared. Um the last time I did an episode, it was kind of like they even had me put in, don't get the door for me, that's fine. Like, okay, Jody, see ya, you're beat to shit, but we're out of here. And it was a little anticlimactic and almost brusque the way that Jody and the boys parted because um, mm-hmm. she was all kind of beat up and they had stuff to do. And this time, like, uh, okay, we're leaving you with a vampire that may or may not still be a vampire, and you're out in the middle of the woods and see ya. And Jensen actually said, can I, I mean, I'm sorry, I need to say something. We need to make it clear that we're concerned about her. And, the, and so the comment when he says, are you sure you're okay? Do you want us to stay? And Jared completely echoed him. He was like, yeah, and they discussed which, which character it should come from and which of them, you know, would be more likely to say that. And so that that comment of "Are you sure you're okay? We can stay" was actually the um, came on their idea. It wasn't originally written because they wanted to make it really obvious that the boys are, you know, still doing their job and still do care about Jody. And I thought it's little things like that that after nine seasons, most actors would not give a shit. They'd just be like, all right, I'm on the plane home. I'm out of here. But those two guys still care so much about their characters and about their characters' impact on other characters and about the fans' experience when they watch the show that it's really humbling and impressive to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were, I was really, I was grateful and proud to be to be able to watch that. And I'm sure for them they'd just be like, what, it just made the show better. But that's how they are. Yeah. They still really mm-hmm. care about making the show better. Oh, that's cool to hear. And that's that's really nice here because the last episode when Jody left them and she said, oh, it's, you know, okay, don't get the door. And I thought, my gosh, she's got, she's carrying her own suitcase. She's like been, been stabbed in the shoulder and, they're not even walking her out and carrying yeah. her luggage. I was yeah. actually very yeah. upset. Yeah. Like I said, that it would have been one thing for them to offer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, actually, actually the line would have been like, no, I'm good. That would have been one thing. But there's like, okay, bye. The line, don't, that's okay, I got the door or whatever the line was. We actually put in in, um, in the 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 voice, the, the ADR afterwards, because they thought it was weird that there wasn't, any addressing of it. And so we just put it in as a joke and the editors kept it. <laughs> so, ah. Yeah, I think I think they didn't want there to be another example of that where they were like, uh yeah, don't leave egg on the boy's face because ultimately that's like don't don't make Sam and Dean look bad when they're doing something mm-hmm. that they wouldn't naturally do. They wouldn't normally leave Jody on her own kind of thing. 
So, um, no. so yeah, this time they made sure that it was obvious that everything was taken care of and, and they had a good lock on things before they left her in the middle of the woods <laughs> with a vampire. Yeah, I, I just have to. I wanted to ask you, um, what did you think when you when you read this script for the first time? Because it's so full of so many great, not only just great Jody scenes, but just really great female characters between Jody and Alex and um, the mom. You know, the vampire yeah. mom. I mean, just really, really great female characters. What did you think the first time you read the script? I cried. Um, because I, you know, I connect so emotionally with Jody at this point that I just was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff that I thought was healed and kind of, that clearly she was repressing but was done with, I was like, wow, we're going to have to dig up some pain. We're really going to have to go back to a place that, that she was avoiding because it's so painful. But I also thought, because in terms of being a fan, I was like, oh, estrogen wins this one. Like, this is, we don't get a lot of women represented in a strong way on this show. And in this show, the, the, like, three, three strong women in a character, in, in scenes together, talking about their own interconnected relationships and not about, like, what is it, the Bechdel, the best. I know it's not bechamel because that's a kind of cheese or sauce, but whatever the concept uh, is, you know what I'm talking about, where do you have two women, both both of who have names, talking to each other in a scene about something besides a man. Be amazed. Like, that's 20% of scenes, and it's sad. But... um, so I was just, I was so excited as an actor to get to do this stuff. Um, and I was so excited as an audience member to see women so complexly and strongly represented. Especially on this show because women tend to be a catalyst. It's always... Yeah. What? Well, yeah. What can, what can she do to affect the male in this in this this show? It's well, just, it's very fair, it's a very most of the men are the too. So a, yeah, but it's a it's a very inception of the show. So it's a really amazing thing to have them be completely almost you know completely disconnected from what's really going on, yeah. and have you know you and Alex Annie <laughs> really handle it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and that was and that was also, you know, how do they do that in a way that honors the mythology of the show? Like you wouldn't have Sam and Dean actually step back and be like, "All right, take care of that." You know, it would have to be done in a way that as it was, I think, where you really bought that they were dealing with something and then oh, shit, Jody! oh, God, we forgot about her. And as it worked out, she was downstairs in the basement with the, with the mama vamp. But um, I don't think there was any manipulation of, oh, the girls have their scene together and the boys have their scene together. I really thought it was organic and well done. That, and I think you would have had a different conversation. Like, Jody would have had a different impact on the m- male vampires. But... As it was, she shared that motherhood thing with the alpha, and um, 
it was really powerful. Like monsters have feelings too. And it, so yeah, I, I completely no. agree. The the conversation when um, Zodi is um, tied up and talking with the vampire mom, and they're you know talking about how basically they're both using um, Alex Annie, you know, for the same reasons. I thought it was just such a powerful scene. Uh, and and as an adoptive mom, I you know I you know related a lot to it. So I I really really like that scene. Well, that was that was another. Like, as a mother, getting real with my relationship. Like, you can't, I'm not one of those actors that has a lot of, let me delve into the time when I was six and I found out my grandpa was going to, I, I, that actually tends to pull me away from the character rather than helping me connect with the character a little more. But in this case, I really had to, I mean, I have a daughter and I had to connect with this girl, and I have a daughter who's autistic. I think most people know that, but my daughter is autistic and particularly violent. And so I hooked in really quickly and really deeply to the idea of a girl who fights against me that I still am capable of loving. And um, and that was a very intense thing, and it was an intense, and it's also very intense, like even though I physically have the capacity to get myself untied when I'm tied up in something like that, just the subconscious effect of being incapacitated when you're having such a vulnerable conversation was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm really glad that it was Ashley and Catherine that I was in a room with because that was... <laughs> Always very vulnerable. Okay, uh, I think we need to take this caller that we have on hold. Oh, okay. So go go for it, Susan. Okay. Hello, Hello you're on the air. Hey, it's Jim Michaels. Hi, <gasps> Jim, Jim Rose. Hey. I'm at the sound check for the Supernatural Rap Party. Oh man, Can, are you performing? Well, of course, we've got the uh, Squish Band and the Impalas playing tonight. Woo-hoo! Right now, the, the Impalas are on stage right now. Get ready to do uh, a little sound check here at the venue, and uh, we're going to start uh, rock and roll here for a little bit. Then I'll get a quick bite to eat and come back and do it up. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, now, my first question is, why is it Tim at the party? <laughs> why is it? Because Tim's in Los Angeles, and they're in Vancouver. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> if Kim was in town, she'd have been more than welcome to attend. <laughs> I did. I got to go. I got to go listen to um, um, the Vipers, the the Rosie Rosemary, and in the you know who I'm talking about. When I thought I got killed by Crowley, I was there that right. year. That's true. You were, but we didn't really kill you. We can't kill you. Uh, you say that, and yet that's, this, this is recorded. So you just said that. This is recorded. <laughs> well, Sam and Dee might someday, but I wouldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh. This is a catch. <laughs> uh, I would be against that move ever. <laughs> I love Sam. It's too much fun having Kim Rose around. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear in the background. We're just doing a little check one two, check one two. 
We can hear it. Now, for, for our listeners, will you please remind everyone who is a part of the band that's performing this evening? Uh, well, tonight uh, we've got uh, Chris uh, on bass. He's our boom operator. We've got Dave Carp, who's our onset carpenter. Uh, we've got Brad Creaser playing a little saxophone with tonight. We've got Alex, one of our stand-ins. She's singing a bunch of songs. about singers singing, I think, eight songs tonight. On drums is a ring grip Pam. On um, bass player, we've got two of them. Uh, we got Pete Perry from our swing gang, and we also have Jeff Budnick, who prints picture cars, and also on lead guitar, we've got uh, Tracy, what's G's, and uh, I'm singing a few songs. And uh, Dave uh, Riopel, Dolly Day, is going to sing a song that. He's going to sing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. So we're going to have a whole bunch now of are you and, come tonight. Are you and Alex going to do a duet? Uh, Bob and Alex are. Oh, yay! In fact, Alex is up on stage right now, so I don't, if I start up a little bit, I'll stay here for a bit. But uh, Hi, cause we Alex. have really... Well, they're, they're across the room from me right now, so they can't... You know, they're probably wondering, wondering what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully they'll, they'll start a song here so you can hear a little bit of it at least. <laughs> yeah, vamp. In the meantime, just vamp. Do a little soft shoe. <laughs> That's an amazing. That's a big. That's a big band you got going on now. Well, it's I don't know really, why I didn't know bands. there were that we many people bands. in it. Oh, well, we okay. have two bands now, really. You got the Squish band, which are all the members of Squish, also playing the Impalas, but the smaller group. And Squish is really just three people with guest singers. But I'll sing a song with Squish. I'll play guitar with Squish in one song, and I'm gonna sing another song with the Impalas later. Uh, Bob is doing most of the singing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, Petunia, Petunia and the Vipers. That was the name. Now, didn't now? That's, um, that's a that's the, a band that's Phil Phil Screech is producing. Yes, yes, and um, just re- didn't you guys? There we go. I hear it. Let's listen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Petunia and the Vipers was actually going to be up in Vancouver. I think at like May fifth or something. So Phil's coming back up, but Phil Screech flew up for the party for tonight too. So did Jeremy Carver and his brother. There we're singing now. Cool. There we go. Where is it this year? Oh, I suppose I probably shouldn't tell you. You shouldn't say that yeah. on a live it's, it's, broadcast. It's in Vancouver. That's, yeah. <laughs> Vancouver. Canada area. <laughs> Thank you, Kim Rhodes, for sending every single fan in the area to a rap party. That's a great idea. <laughs> Only ones that bring ties. No, kidding. <laughs> I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> well, I think we're going to start a song here called Riding with the King. Made famous by B.B. King and Eric Clapton. Ooh. There we go. Anyway, I don't want to interrupt Kim's uh, interview too much. It was going along really well. I enjoyed it. And I'm so glad you guys have Kim Rhodes on there. And we love Kim Rhodes, and we want to see more Kim Rhodes. I love you, Jim Michael. Thank you. I, I want to say congratulations on a great season and tell everybody yeah. thank you for all their hard work. Love yeah, it. absolutely. No, we, 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 had a, we had a good time this year, and uh, um, it was uh, a lot of work, but uh, we finished late last night, and uh, so the crew will be uh, good to go tonight for this, this party. <laughs> so. Woohoo! <laughs> now we just don't forget the words. <laughs> now, now, you all need to record some of this and put it on the DVD. That would be great. Please well, uh, Phil Screecher, since he's been producing the Petunia Band, he wants the Impalas to do uh, a record for Good. charity, and we, we, we've talked about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, 
it's, it's fun. There's, there's clips of the Impalas every now and then on YouTube. You can catch a little bit of it. We actually have been asked to play as a band in town in clubs here, but that's, that's a lot of work to rehearse for these things. We've, we've been rehearsing for almost four months for this gig tonight, so... What about have you has anybody talked to Creation about you guys doing maybe the Vegas or the Vancouver Con? Well, they, it's, it's been it's been kicked around a bit, you know. Um, so you know we're, we're certainly open to it. I mean, you know, I don't I mean, want to kick have... out Loud and Swain or you know right. my lovely lovely blonde friend, but um, on a night that they're not performing, come on, bring it in. Well, you know, it's, it's been talked about. Maybe uh, maybe this year it'll happen. I, I think eventually it will happen. It just hasn't happened yet. But uh, we're all open to the idea. So that would okay. be fun. Okay, well, see, now we definitely need an 11th season just so we can get the Impalas performing. <laughs> well, you know, we, we got the 10th. So we'll be we'll be in town this August. So if they uh, have an open slot, and yeah. <laughs> Come on, creation. I know you're listening. <laughs> We'll have to do it. Send some emails. Yeah, we send emails. That's creation. They listen to those. Absolutely. Well, please tell everybody I send my love. I will. I'm desperately afraid. I'm afraid of tonight is rest. Hamilton always brings his his death of tequila, you know, in a big suitcase. Oh. So, I saw he was talking about stocking it. Yeah, out. he'll be taking pictures of that later tonight. That's the it's a soul destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell somebody's seen Russ one too many times later at the party. They're so usually the ones that are the most hammered. So. It's like it's like a wave of inebriation that's the closest and densest to Russ, and then it just kind of melts outward. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, we actually have two phases, two phases of drinkers on the show. They get the, people get it right when the door's open, and they'll get going great, and they'll leave, you know, pretty, pretty much, you know, once the band's done. Then the other people get there right before the first band starts and stay till close until we run out of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, then and one year we actually then the girls. Then you've got oh. hair and makeup that, and, and, and Robin that sit back and go, oh, God, you guys are funny. I, I, well, I, I, I never kiss and tell, so I won't say who gets drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I can assure you, once I am uh, done performing, I will be visiting Russell's uh, tequila suitcase. <laughs> I support that. Please raise a toast to me and have, have an extra one and blame it on myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. <laughs> blame it on you. <laughs> so, well, anyway, guys, I'm going to let you run get back to the rest of your program tonight, and, and uh, we'll be thinking about you, and uh, um, we look forward to uh, season then, as we maybe start nicknaming it. Not quite yet, but we've got to come up with one. Season then is starting to stick, though. Season then. season ten is then, or season ten is then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and um, okay. yeah, again, I will remind you publicly, if you're here and bored, call me and we'll go, we'll, we'll go do lunch. Absolutely. Well, you know, I live right around the corner from me. I'll be home next week, so there's Thank no excuse. Thank you. Okay. Have fun. Okay, you guys take care. I'll talk to you guys. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Bye. Jim. Yay. Yay. Always great. Always great talking to Jim. I love Jim. Yeah. yeah. Like, Bonus. Here, again, like this is this is an unbelievably exceptional show. Jim Michaels, Jim Michaels, the fucking producer, right? Called me at home to congratulate me on a good episode. 
Wow. Like, that's unheard of. You don't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that rarely happens when you're actually a series regular on a show. Like, to have the producer come up and go, hey, this was a good enough episode for you. Nice work. I, I, didn't, I don't remember really getting that before. Maybe a long time ago when I worked for AMC. But, yeah, it's, it's a good show, and he's a great guy. He really mm. is. He is. They're, a, they're an amazing crew. I mean, we've had, yeah. we've been very lucky to have a, a, several on our show, and they're always so upbeat with lots yeah. of stories and enthusiasm and everything. So it, we just, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. I always feel this, this last time I went, um, the, the second Kevin greeted me, he was like, hey, welcome home. Thank you. Feels like it. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. back. So yeah. They so do, what else? They do Tell set me. the bar really high. <laughs> they do. They're good. They're good people, and I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted your train of thought, and then we got to Jim. So I, you were saying, I don't know something. I hope you have notes because I can't remember it. Ah, uh, geez, I, I, I don't. We were. I, we were talking <laughs> about how great the script was and having all the females and. Yes. Talking about all the women. Estrogen um, power. And Ashley was, you yes. know what? That was, I have to say also, Ashley Crow, who I have loved her work for a long time. So getting to do some work with her was really, really exciting for me. But the tact that she took, the choices she made with her vampire were so chilling and creepy just because it was so understated. Like the way she said, mm-hmm. you bitch, before she beat the crap out of me. It was so much mm-hmm. more layered and powerful. Like a lot of times, I tell this when I, when I coach acting. I'm like, really powerful people don't have to act powerful because they are. And it was, she expressed that so beautiful. She didn't have to act terrifying. She just was. Oh, what and, was uh, really nice, about her, um, really, really good about her performance was the fact that she was a vampire was incidental completely. Yes! She didn't have to, didn't have to be a vampire for any of that to work. Yes! It was just, and that made it even that made it even creepier because you could yeah. really forget that she wasn't human, and just be like, "You're just a messed up human." Yes, it just and and everything, all of her choices were rooted in a twisted reality, and mm-hmm. I think you know, like again from from you know acting long ago, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, "Mwahaha, I think I'll be evil today." It's their own warped reality of people did me wrong and I'm going to get them back or I deserve to have something that I don't have so I'm going to get it. Or, and those are always the most compelling villains. And I think the most compelling monsters are the ones who really think they're doing the right thing. Mm. And, um, yeah. yeah she, she was truly acting out of what she thought was love. She and Jody related as mothers on a very weird 
similar level? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it was lost, well, now, lost with a child. Remember, and also remember that Jody had, I mean, Jody let Sam shoot her son in the head. Like, it, it's, it, it, it isn't just, oh, they're both mothers. They're both mothers to monsters. And mm-hmm. even though Jody was very briefly a mother to a monster, that sticks in ya. So knowing, you know, knowing that sacrifice, knowing what it means to go into, like, really deal with a child who has blood on their face because they were eating a person. Like, that's, that's kind of a weird, unique thing to relate to. And, um, and also being mm-hmm. aware of this other world. So, uh, so, yeah, they did. They both had that resonance of having lost a child and doing whatever they can as monsters to recover that loss. Very, again, really well written by Robert. Oh, sorry, my dog barked. <laughs> Maybe that's okay. My children are screaming in the background. I've got my daughter has a play date, so I'm like, "Mommy has the bedroom door locked. Leave me alone." <laughs> um, I, I wanted to mention, speaking of um, Alex, the actress who played her, um, Catherine. Catherine, she, yes. I, I thought she was just amazing. I thought she did a really, really great job. Oh, she uh, was stellar, yeah. Had, um, had I'm sorry, you, did, you, did you know Yeah, go ahead. Did you know her before? I had um, never met her before. Um, I felt like we we clicked in, at least this is from my perspective. She may have a completely different perspective, but from my perspective, we clicked very, very quickly. Um, she was eager and really took her job very seriously. I mean, I think that it, it's, it's because it's a genre piece, it would be easy for someone not familiar with the show to kind of come in and not take it seriously and just be kind of like, okay, whatever, I'm playing a vampire. Ooh, spooky. And she took, she really worked her stuff and worked the scenes and was willing to, um, like, she came out with some bruises and came out physically. I'm talking, like, because she wanted things to look as honest and compelling as possible. So she was like, look, just grab me. Just throw me. If that's what makes it look better, please do it. And she was um, every single moment in, you know, in her space and in her just making sure she almost wouldn't come out of character in some of these because she wanted to stay honest. And when she found her vibe, she wanted to keep it. And she wasn't one of those that was like, I insist you call me by my actor's or by my character's name. She didn't disrupt the flow of the set, but she was working even when the cameras weren't rolling. I don't think I've shared a set with somebody who worked that hard uh, that I can remember. She was she was on it, and she took it really seriously. And that inspired me to achieve more and to bring a level of honesty that I like to think I would have, but she set the bar really high, and I wasn't going to, like, come waltzing in and half-assed it when I'm working with somebody that much younger than I am who is really showing it like a pro. 
And I really, I thought the ending, you know, how it was kind of, it, it really left it open for both you and Alex that, you know, we could see you both in the future. And I, I, I'm, I think you two would make a really great hunting team. So I think so too. <laughs> that's my hope as well. Um, you know, on the one hand, I think from the writer's perspective, they can't ever write in a new character and just assume it will fly. Like if if the audience hadn't responded to the character or if the actor hadn't worked out or if any there's any number of reasons that you don't want to commit to bringing a character back. Um, if it doesn't suit the storyline, you don't want to bring... But I think they really scored with Catherine and... I would love to see her come back. I think the two of them together, that's another thing. Robert talked to me, like, do you think that if Alex is living with Jody, Jody would be less likely to be a hunter because she wouldn't want to risk it now. She wouldn't want to. said, I don't know. When I had a child, I became more passionate about making the world what I thought it should be. And Alex as a character didn't seem like the kind of person that would just settle into normalcy. Like, she's mm-hmm. seen too much to just be like, great, I guess I'm going to go be a cheerleader now. La, la. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, and because Jody has openly said, wow, I guess my experience has messed me up more than I thought it did. Like, she said mm-hmm. at the end of the thing, I don't know what this means for me, just that I've been fooling myself to think that I can ignore it. So either they're going to do exactly that, or they'll find, you know, another another angle and avenue for the for them to go off in. But I think that it would I I would love to see that. I'd love to see Alex and Jody as a team, especially I mean for God's sake, she knows monsters cuz she lived with them. Mm-hmm. So that could that could really be, you know, Alex could offer some very important information that nobody's had yet that she's She's older. She's not like a child getting into this yeah. or being used by the yeah. vampire. She's old enough to stand on her own and take take care of herself. She doesn't have to. Yeah. Well, and I could. don't think, you know, and I, I like the fact in the script it says, that, as about that last scene, it said the two women sit realizing, you know, what this means. And I love the fact that the writer said the two women he did, oh, contemplating if they could have a life together was what I think it said. And I love the fact that they said two women because Alex isn't a child. She's young, but this would definitely not like, oh, well, would Jody let her go out and hunt monsters? I don't think Jody could stop her. And I think no. Jody would know she couldn't stop her. She mm-hmm. couldn't take her relationship with Alex like oh, okay, now you're my daughter, she'd have to, and the way she phrased it, if you need something, I'm here for you. She didn't condescend to her. She didn't treat her like a baby. She just said, if you have something that you need that I have, you can have it. I think that's a really generous and realistic way for them to look at it. It it Mm -hmm. bodes well. Do you know um, how old? Alex is supposed to be? Hmm. Good question. For some reason, 16 sticks in my head. 
Um, I, I think I she's a thinking... minor. She's a, she's a minor. Okay. But um, wasn't she actually in a bar in that one scene? Yeah. Or was that yeah. not a bar? That was just a restaurant with a bar in it. I think That's it was a bar. Assume, like, yeah, we, ha- we have a couple places where I live um, in Texas. Like, I live in far west Texas. So we have a couple places that when you walk in, it looks like a bar, but it's really not. And, you and you know, a minor can go in. They just can't technically sit at the bar like she was. But, again, if you're not ordering liquor, no one's really going to enforce that too hard. Yeah. So I just kind of took it for that. It didn't look unusual to me because of my life experience. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, I know she's beneath the age of consent because that was another thing that they were like, it's got to be clear that she... Anyone who would have sex with her already is not somebody that the that is really contributing a lot to the world. Which I thought um, was an interesting thing that they did, where she's picking up these men that, especially as a woman, you kind of go, "Well, I really am kind of glad that you got attacked by vampires and are dead now because you're yes. scum." Yes, <laughs> and I think that's how. The character, I think that's how Alex was able to do it for as long as she could. I mean, if they were grabbing, you know, children or, or you know, mothers, or I like to think that she would have rebelled against her family a lot sooner. But because they stuck with people that no one would miss, um, she kept going because it was kind of like, well, I just, and then she drew the line at, I, I can't listen to the screams anymore. No matter if they are scum and the world's better off without them, I just can't handle human beings dying at my hands. But, um, but yeah, they made it clear that they were, they were ridding the earth, that Alex had a part in ridding the earth of people that, might not necessarily have been missed. Yeah, go ahead. No, well, if you look at it from that, like, her perspective at that point, and now living with Jody, to say that Jody, would Jody let her hunt, or does she, she's technically been hunting monsters her whole life then. Yeah, really so good point. It would just be a, it would just be a transition into what species is she now hunting? Yes. But it's always been monsters. Yeah. And I think Jody being a sheriff and being law enforcement, that was another like kind of transition for her where she was still doing good. She was still doing the work she'd been doing her whole, you know, her whole career. It's just a different species. Yes. Well, and that's one of the ways that I justified like in terms of the character arc, there were a lot of moments that you'd think, well, why didn't Jody ask questions about this or why did Jody just go ahead with this? And I, you know, in my mind, it made complete sense, like with the Leviathans, you just go, okay, I'm on board with you getting rid of them. I don't need to know where they came from, who they attack, what's going on. I just need to know that they need to go. That's, they're bad. I'm on the side of good. I'm up to speed. Let's go. I don't need to ask any more questions. And, um, and I think having to explain to her, like, this is a drug kingpin, this is a murder. I don't need the explanation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't need to know. It's, it's, the explanation can come later. Right now we need to act. 
is why we love Jody. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like when somebody hands her a head in a box and says, throw it in the river, she goes, okay. As opposed to, I'm sorry, what? The what, mm-hmm. what? There's a what in the what? I, oh, yeah. I cannot just, I just, you had a lot of stunts in this episode, some really cool Ooh. stunts. Yeah. Um, did you have, you know, how, can you tell us about, um, I, I, you know, filming those, did Lou Bolo help you? Um, uh, how, how did, Lou's such a rock star. Um, my very, very, very favorite thing I got to do, um, because I am always, I always say I want to do it. I want to do my own stunts. However, if you think that it would slow down production or I wouldn't be good enough, like I also want it to, I also want to serve the show. So um, if, if me doing it would actually be a detriment, then I'm not going to do it. But Lou said, no, 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 we want to go ahead and do it. So the, um, when I'm running out of the cabin after Alex and the vampire clotheslines me, that was the most kind of extensive stunt I've ever done because they put me in a harness and then they hooked me, they basically bungee corded me to a stake in the ground and I had to run forward at top speed and then at the edge of the line I would just get yanked backwards which was when he clotheslined me and so that's how my body ended up on the ground and it looked like I... And in the in the in the show, it's so quick. I was kind of like, "Oh, that wasn't that." But my husband assured me, "No, no, no. It it was pretty cool being able to see your face mm. and then actually see your face repelling backwards." Um, but uh, but Lou has always been very clear. I mean, it's clear that he has been doing this for a long time because he simply says, you know, here's a thread right here. Break that thread with your fist. Okay. That I don't, then I don't need to know anything more. Um, you know, he will say, here's, the, here's where your body is being pushed from. Let that be the first thing forward. And because I've taken some, I've, I've, was certified in stage combat a long time ago, I can at least go, oh, okay, right, that's moving from there, and this is going from there, and, you know, if I'm chopping off a person's head, I need to have enough power in my swing, and the swing has to come from there kind of thing. But, uh, but no, the really fun one was that, was that clothesline effect, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was pouring down rain, and there was 3-inch thick mud, and I had a freaking ball. It was fun. Lou's pretty. It looked, it looked good too. It did. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. It's and again though, that's also like Rosie, our sec our camera op was doing there was one scene when we're walking from the car, when Alex and I are walking from the uh, police cruiser to the cabin and the steady cam follows us. I take her I take her little uh handcuffs off and I'm walking and the focus goes from me to her back to me and I walk in the door. Rosie was going and I'm not kidding, it was three inch thick mud by the time it was too close. He was going with a camera. He's holding a camera, a big huge freaking contraption, backwards in three inch mud through the mud and then up the stairs 
to get that shot. Oh, and wow. And he nailed it. It was incredible. I thought for sure we were all going to go on a break while he recovered from a broken knee. Nope, he did it. Um, wow. That was, that. I'm sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but that crew is so good. I, I, I you know, so yeah, me doing me running to the end of my leash and getting yanked back backwards was nothing compared to what the rest of those guys were doing. <laughs> they are, and that was just part they, of their job. I mean, and it was funny too because because it was pouring down rain. There was a point when because I was lying on the ground and there was a lot of going back to lying on the ground and I had to go. And there was a point where we all just gave up. We were trying to stay dry. We were trying to not get stuck in it. And we all just gave up at the same time about midnight. And we're kind of like, well, we're going to get wet and muddy. We might as well just give in to it. And everybody just was mud up to their kneecaps (laughs) in about 20 minutes. I have a question about a line of dialogue. I I was wondering if I don't give a fig was yours or in the script? No, that's in the script. That oh, was, was the, great. Yes. Yeah, that was that was one of those where I was like, oh, guys, it almost might be better if we didn't say anything than so obviously not swear. But it was just because it was also like probably, and this is including the the fight with the vampires, like, it was the most the most serious I had to be. Like, when you're fighting with vampires, like, it's life or death, whatever. But for Jody to stand up to the boys, she has never done that, ever. And for her to point blank say, no, we're, we're doing this my way, <laughs> took a lot of gumption. And to say something in the middle of that, level of seriousness like I don't give a fig (laughs) which really was really hard to keep a straight face and then of course you know because I do know my audience I'm going to go ahead and say this and then to have to say three times in a row I'm coming I'm coming I'm coming with Jensen and Jared standing right next to me (laughs) that was that was rough that was tough that was and they did not let that lie let's just say that they were like really okay it's hard enough to say these lines right now. Stop it. You're not helping. You're not helping. You're coming? Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm just standing here in the rain. I'm coming. I'm uh, coming. I'm coming. That might be the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, I mean, again, I've worked with them long enough so that they don't, they don't completely disarm me. Like, Seriously, for a long time, I couldn't work. Although in that scene, you can see it. Jensen still makes me a little sweaty on my upper lip. Um, but I can at least now carry on a conversation with them. And and thank goodness, because I had to act this. It would have it would have seemed weird if in the middle of telling, you know, Sam and Dean that they better get their shit together if Jody just started going, um, which is kind of what Jensen does to me. But... <laughs> It, it still was a little like, oh, God, when I read it, that you asked what I thought the first time I read the scene, or when I read the script, that I also did. I was like, oh, don't make me say that around them. Don't make me say that. All right, we'll see what happens. 
That is my favorite thing. Not even this today. That is now on my official favorite <laughs> of life. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Okay. We believe you. It's been a while, hasn't it, Jody? Jeez. And you make us feel better, Kim, because, you know, we had a um, – We've all met Jared and Jensen, all three of us, and we had Jensen yeah. on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know, a while ago, and, you know, we were so like, um, should we really do this? Do we really do this? Are we just going to sit here and be quiet because we yeah, don't know right? how to talk? <laughs> right? Oh, he totally, like, I, I blatantly said to him at one point, because he came up and kind of put his arm, he just draped his arm around me because he hadn't seen me for a while and the director was talking to us, and I was like, you can't. You you can't do that because I can't hear anything he's saying when you're touching me. <laughs> you have to, if anybody says anything important when you're within three inches of me, I, you have to tell me because I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then he would like, and then he would teasingly like just come up and just put a finger on my shoulder. I'd be like,
like complete like like it wasn't even and very kindly and sweetly and they're very appreciative but yeah Jody's a middle-aged and I'm like and I'm a normal body type I have a regular body I have a regular face I have short hair I look like a human being and it's it is. It's pretty unusual just for American television to have somebody be that sustainable who isn't, you know, a, a, a kind of an archetype that I can't achieve. <laughs> like, I watch television, and most of the time I watch people who don't represent me, and I'm on television. And I, I like that you mentioned, you know, the short hair as well, because that is another thing, you know. She's Joey is almost the the stereotypical antithesis of what we're used to seeing. We see, you know, your hair's just gotten shorter and shorter. <laughs> Which yep. for us as viewers, we watch it. We, you know, you came on screen, we all went, "Oh my God, her hair's adorable!" She got but, a haircut. <laughs> well, that was and the original. Like originally, I cut it just because I wanted to cut my hair off, and. When I got there, it was funny because the boy, the guys, the producers were like, "Oh my God, do we need to put her in a wig? Do we need to get?" And all the women were like, "She's going on a date. What's the first thing a girl does when she's finally getting back into the dating pool? She gets a makeover." Like yeah. to all mm-hmm. of us, it made perfect sense. And then this last time around, I did it for a commercial. I cut my hair off, but I called and said, "Do you guys?" are you worried about me cutting my hair? And they were kind of like, no, nah, I don't think we're going to use you again this season. So then when they called, I was like, uh, you guys know I'm almost bald, right? And I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. But, um, but yeah, the hair, the, the short hair and the age and, the, and, the, and what I do for a living, you don't see a lot of female police officers even. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to see women in that role, they're usually something where they don't actually have to wear a uniform. They're, you know, special ops or they're, you know, on a different unit or they're, you know, detectives. But you just don't see a lot of female police officers doing their thing. And not only the police officer, but you're the sheriff, you know, you're the top dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and you were elected into position then, which is a fantastic thing. Like, everything about Jody just falls, falls in line with, the kind of female characters that I think TV needs, and for her to be on this show, which theoretically she just doesn't fit. It's a show about two dudes. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, that's a testament to the writers, first of all, finding, you know, finding ways to really flesh out the world that Sam and Dean live in. Like I've, I've said before, the show is about Sam and Dean, but if you don't have fully fleshed out both human and inhuman characters around them, it makes the impact on Sam and Dean, it lessens their impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you've only got mm-hmm. very weak, watery, secondary characters, then when they're when they're affected or when they have a passionate friendship or hatred, you kind of go, wow, well, I, I guess if that's the best you got. Whereas when you have such intricate and powerful love interests and friends and enemies, it makes Sam and Dean look more powerful. 
because you can see why they're being affected. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that everything comes back to Sam and Dean, but the more fully fulfilled the characters are, the better it makes Sam and Dean look. And um, mm-hmm. and I think it's a and I think it's a testament to the fandom. The fandom is mostly Jody, like mm-hmm. not all Jody, but mostly women like her. And the writers are aware of that. And it's kind of a a thank you and a high five and a and a shout out to the fandom that they give Jody what they do. You know, I think of Jody as really representing a large part of the fandom because I'm a fan. But also when I talk to fans, I go, yeah, that's that's who we get to watch and go, that is me, as opposed to that's who I wish I were or that's who I fantasize about. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the secondary characters and love interest, as you mentioned, Bobby Singer, everybody knows, he's one of my all-time favorite characters, and I love Jim Beaver. And yesterday, TNT was showing a marathon, and they showed Splash Fiction. And the scenes, you know, I love the scenes with Bobby and Jody, and it just made me miss so much the wonderful scenes that we could have had with Bobby and Jody. Oh, yes. And, yeah, I just had to tell you, I just, that's that's probably my biggest regret, Probably my only regret with Supernatural is that they killed off Bobby, one, they killed him off, period, and two, just when him and Jody were finally getting together. Well, and, you know, Jim and I, of course, because we're both, we're both kind of actors from the same school. We're actors from the we take everything really personally and we give our entire hearts to this. So we... You know, once we started working together, we talked. He's like, would you mind if I pitched them as a couple? Would you mind if I – and I was like, no, I would love that. I would love to see the opposites attract. I would love to see what they have to offer each other. I would love Bobby to have a girlfriend that can carry her own gun. I would love well, – please, I'd love Bobby to have a girlfriend of any sort. But I'd love it to work out so that he had somebody who had his back instead of – making things rougher for him. And we just, we talked about, like, in that weird sort of idea-pitching way, you know, it's the same thing that you go, well, what would you do if you won the lottery? Well, I'd buy this and this and this and this. And we were like, what would we do if our characters got to be together more? And we had so many lovely ideas. And I'm grateful that they haven't hooked Jody up with another love interest because they would have to work really hard to make someone as fitting as Bobby was. Like it was so perfect. It was so perfect. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it never, that was one of my, I was completely convinced when they, when they um, let him go that I wasn't going to be back. And I was a little, I was almost, I'm glad they gave Jody the chance to mourn his death because I personally was so sad that he was gone and that Bobby was gone that I needed a little, I needed a moment. I needed to be able to express that through the character because uh, mm-hmm. that was a wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think. And then when she finally decides to date again, she goes for Crowley. 
<laughs> right. This is why you don't do online dating. I have to. I seriously, I have to think that there was a lot of black magic at stake there because I was like, this is the kind of guy that Jody would go for online. Really? Okay. Whatever. Well, you know, she was rebounding. Robbie, you know, you had Bobby, and that was a tough for her to take. She was trying to go for the opposite, but it hurt that, so much. That's, that's absolutely. That's exactly how I justified it. That's exactly. I actually told myself I was like, well, Jody probably consciously went for the opposite of everything she's known. She just she just looked for everything that's not what what I'm used to, so that I can just get a clean start. You know, clean slate. Um, yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> I still wish, that's my other, like, if I could write any plot for Jody, I really would like to have the keys to Crowley's leash for 20 minutes. <laughs> I would, I really, I'm like, guys, you're never going to give Jody the opportunity to get back at him for the, okay, fine. <laughs> Hey, there's a whole new season up ahead. You never know. (laughs) Right? I know. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Well, I don't even know. Seriously, they don't even tell me who lived through the finale. I don't think they would kill Crowley off, but I don't know. They've done crazier things. This is true. This is true. Yeah, they've got to figure out who's. They've got to figure out really who's who's ruling hell. Right, mm. and, you know, we got to we got to figure out who's going to win, Abaddon or Crowley. So right, well, yeah. and you know, who knows? I wouldn't put it past Metatron to be like, you know what? Hell looks like a fabulous place. I think I'm going to take that over. Mm. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. What if, uh, what if you? Ha- oh, come <laughs> on! Uh, uh, he's like, uh, to heck you all! All you angels can have heaven. I'm taking over hell. Right? Do oh, this. Oh. I'm going to be bigger than God. I'm going to take heaven and hell. Oh, oh, now you've got me thinking. <laughs> yeah, and this is not, that's not a spoiler. This is, again, this is Kim as fan. I don't know right, anything right. beyond my own, what what I shot. But, uh, yeah, don't, I mean, that's and and because of Twitter, I know that Mark and, and uh, Curtis had a scene together. So, right, right. They tweeted about that. Yeah, hmm. if I were Metatron, that's what I'd do. Oh, you are smart. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see We'll see who's still around. Those creepy buggers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't let you get to any calls at all. I apologize, people who are waiting. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. We do have an excellent question from, from Twitter. Um, Bardic Voice um, says that there were some amazing uh, makeup effects. And she wanted to know if you could talk about how that worked in the continuity of the shooting. Oh, my God. Okay. So I will tell you, I'm going to own this. I fucked up the makeup department because in my head, that last scene came immediately after, and it turned out it was like a day later, and I gave the makeup department wrong information, and they still nailed it. I was like, no, 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 I think this is right after. And they were like, okay, yeah, because it was one of those moments where everybody was kind of like, when does this come and which stage of the makeup? Because there's a lot of stages of that big 
open wounded eye thing that they had. And then the director was kind of saying, no, I want to be able to see her eye for this for this moment, because even though it's happened here, we still need to see her expression for the last scene. Um, so it was all kinds of a clusterfuck, thanks to me. That said, they hi Bardic Boys. Um, they are so good at what they do, and it's the makeup department and special effects. The special effects makeup is different than the regular makeup department, so. I got to visit both, and they were collaborating. And the pieces that they designed and put on my face, because to get that effect of your eyes swollen shut, they put prosthetics, they put latex on my face. So it's a big, like, hunk of, it's like having a layer of sponge kind of glued to your face. Um, And also when they, those cuts that you can actually see the indentation, um, those are latex pieces so they they put one on my lip and on my nose and a big huge one on my eye and they were also like they discussed things like how shiny should it be how what color is the bruising because bruising is one color when it first happens and then it's another color when the blood has come to the surface a little more and and they wanted to know they think about is the vampire right-handed or left-handed where did the punch come from and the continuity is mayhem because they shoot the effects before they shoot this and is she gonna is how many times is she gonna punch you is she gonna hit you this way is she gonna and then we get to the thing and the director has his idea it's it's mayhem so that's the extended dance remix version of i have no fucking clue how they do it (laughs) but they did it so well and I was I took pictures of myself. I was so delighted at the work they did. And they're fast and professional and fun and lovely and um and yeah, they got everything in there from the tiniest little cut on my lip because I kind of got the shit kicked out of me this time. I got beat up by the vampire and then I got beat up by Mama Vamp. So they had to have a little bit of blood the first time and then the bruising on this and then the big like two by four to my face look um they were great it was brilliant takes a lot of time to put on and a lot of time to get off though yeah and also these days they have to do that and be extra 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 detailed because of high definition tv that's 70 inches wide and blu-ray and everything yeah and people who are like who are looking like, that's the other thing. People who are just going frame by frame and going, oh, that's not where the cut was in the last scene. Mm-hmm. And right, right. They, yeah, and and they're moving so fast, they can't always pay attention. But they were great. They really had, you know, they just had it down. And, and in spite of their dipshit actress giving them the wrong information, that they still corrected. <laughs> Oh, I was just, I had the best intentions, but I was wrong. They still pulled it off. 
So you know where good intentions lead. <laughs> I know. And that was and it was the weirdest thing because as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, Kim, this isn't your job. Because I'll do that sometimes with wardrobe. And sometimes I've been right and and really saved. Like, I think this is the same shirt I was wearing and da-da-da-da-da. And somebody will go, oh, my God, you're right. Thank you. That would have looked so weird because everybody would have been like, when did you change your shirt? But there's other times like with the makeup, where I will open my mouth and say, no, I think this is right after here. It's supposed to be the same makeup that then they will have 10 minutes to completely redo my makeup because I have given them wrong information. So they they pulled that out of their asses and did an extraordinary job. Another question from Twitter, um, India Winchester wants to know about the scene, uh, how you found the scene where Jody chops off Mama's head. Mama said, so the special effects, it was the same kind of thing that we did with, with um, Cody at the beginning. They do the acting part first so that we can all just kind of be in the zone. Then they shoot one plate, one shot of just me. And so they line everything up. They have on the monitor where the body is. So they've got like, like it's the same way they kind of do weather effects. Like a weatherman is not really, doesn't actually have their hand and making the stuff. They can look at the monitor and gesture and somebody in special effects does it. It's the same way. So I could look at them, they showed me the monitor and I could line myself up with myself and say, okay, I'm standing here and then I would make the gesture and then they would go back in and shoot a third. So they've got the first one that's me acting. Then they've got the second one that's me just doing the motion. Then they've got the third one of the actor, of, of the, um, the vampire, falling down. And then the fourth one is when they put in the special effects of the actual head. Like they'll drop, say, like they have a dummy head that has the, or a mannequin head that has the hair on it. And then the fourth one is when they go in and actually place the actress's face on the mannequin that's falling. So it's a big cut and paste, but um, it's at least four different layers that get put on top of each other that you see that then they go in and digitally add the effects to. Did that make any sense at all? Yes, it did. Very much so. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Okay. I was like, I, I'm I'm gesturing a lot with my hands, but I realize that doesn't play. <laughs> I, I talk with you know my good. hands too, so I know. Uh, okay. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see me but me. <laughs> I find myself waving to people on the podcast sometimes. I'm like, they can't see me. I did that in Bardic Boy. I, I was like, hi, Bardic Boy. Oh, that doesn't help you at all. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Every week when we sign off and we say bye, I wave and I'm like, to an empty room. Every <laughs> week. <laughs> um, another question from Twitter, HR Zone 2. Um, he said that this last episode was one of his favorites with Jody, and he wants to know what your favorite episode with Jody is. Oh, this last one. Absolutely. Although uh, it, it, Slash Fiction is close just because of the moments that I got to have with Bobby, but this last one I really liked where they 
took the character, and I just I could not have asked for better material to play. So I love that they took her to a whole nother level, and that I got to I got to be a badass. I'm not gonna lie; it's fun to be a badass. I like to channel that part of me that's you know I don't actually in real life get to take anybody anybody's head off with a firewood axe, but. <laughs> On Supernatural, you can let it fly. <laughs> and that was the best entrance for anybody ever. Right? Summit, that mm-hmm. was awesome. It was yep. so cool. It was fun. <laughs> yep. as, as soon as it happened when I was watching that, I was like, that is a hell of an entrance right there. That is good. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, swing the axe as hard as you can. I said, you don't need the wall anymore, right? You're like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 it's a rubber axe. I said, no, but seriously, you don't need the wall anymore, right? We're done shooting it. And they're like, ha, 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 yeah, okay, whatever. And I swung it and took a piece out of the wall, and that, even that they left in the, I was like, oh, my God, that's still in the shot. You can see a tiny little piece of the, of the wall fly away. Oh, cool. I'll have to go, yeah. go back and watch for that. Yeah, I but was, that's I really because if, if Jody was real and if vampires were real, and that would probably happen. Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't just light. It's, it's not a tiny little thing to take somebody's head off. You really got to put some, put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. Or so you've heard. <laughs> yes, I would assume. <laughs> given, given the physics behind the process. Yeah. Another thing I had to comment, and I really liked it, now that Jody's pretty much a hunter, full-time, you know, along with her sheriff job, we notice you're now wearing the hunter plaid. You're wearing the hunter uniform. Isn't that funny? I know a lot of people said something about that. They really, it it had nothing, and I don't even think the um, the the costume designer, who is so lovely, oh, my God, she's awesome. They didn't even, it's just more a, we're looking to make Jody look clearly not, she's not thinking about sex when she gets dressed in the morning. Let's put it that way. She's not waking up and going, how can I seduce somebody today? She's comfortable, she's efficient, and she lives in this small town in the Midwest. And that kind of just goes to plaid. I had a few other options, and I wasn't wearing plaid in the last scene, but it's just, you know, a plaid flannel. It's what you throw on in the winter in the Midwest. And um, I did laugh, though, that it was like, oh, my gosh, it does. It totally looks like Jody raided Sam's wardrobe. <laughs> she was like, all right, hang on. I'll be right there. What can I borrow? <laughs> but she's not a high-maintenance chick. You know, it's the same thing with even when I'm not in, even when I'm, my face isn't all bloodied up and messed up, I'm still not looking like made up and done to the nines because this is not a gal who wakes up and decides to spend extra time worrying about how she looks. She's got a job to do, and that's her priority. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, plaid just was comfy. And also the gun stood out so well against it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, but I do I do love that. I, I did think it. Somebody somebody made it really lovely really quick they made it fast too um drawing that i have i have reposted that had sam indeed going oh jody we're so proud of you for killing a vampire no for wearing plaid of course (laughs) (laughs) jody's response is this joke is getting old (laughs) (laughs) 
the Hunter Plaid. And speaking of your wardrobe, I have to say I love the sweater you're wearing in in the last scene when you're talking with Alex there at the end. That sweater, I loved it. I was like, I want that sweater. Yeah, soft, and they just they kept her really kind of soft. Well, and again, they think about these things across the level. She's like, well, what could you feasibly get on when you had the crap kicked out of you? Like, you're not going to have something that takes a lot of maintenance. It's going to be the slouchy, comfy, I can get an ice pack on underneath this, and I can move in it kind of thing. So they just they went for mm-hmm. comfort. It was, it was gorgeous. It, yeah. <laughs> There's a another line of dialogue that it was it was it was just one word from you, but it was just uh, an amazing depth of emotion when Alex asks um, uh, Jody about her family, how did they die, and she says, "Horribly." Oh. And there's like years and a very long story and weight and emotion in that one word. Was, yeah, that was a great, and that was a testament to our director, Stefan Plzinski. I Again, you're going to have to look up a spelling on that one because that one's, but Stefan was so good. And he, um, he point blank said, attack her with that word. Let all of the masquerade drop so that she can see really that you know. He said, because up to that point, Alex has had no reason to believe that Jody gets what's going on at all. There's no reason. Like, yeah, yeah, you're a human. You don't get it. And he said, with that one word, you really need to land the fact that you get it more than she does. And so he was the one who said, attack her with that word and with the truth. So instead of it being an intention, it's just, like you said, years of reality had to come through in one word. And I love the fact that Robert didn't overwrite it. He didn't make it, um, you know, you would never understand the the depths of my pain. You would never, just so simply and beautifully put. Um, I really liked that moment, too. I liked getting to play it, and I liked the way it came out. I liked the way it looked. I liked the choice of, you know, shots they used. And I loved how it was written. I think everybody really got that that moment had to resonate in order for their relationship to be able to move forward believably. And I love how Catherine played it, too. Like, Catherine really, you really saw that she was affected by it, but she still, it wasn't like she didn't melt, the world didn't change, she didn't, she was like, okay, whatever. Like, she still had the strength to keep her guard up against that. I have to say, I also like seeing, um, you know, when, Jody goes to find Catherine uh, or Alex later, and she's sleeping in what appears to be Jody's son's room. Yeah, she's and in Owen's room. I, you know, seeing that she's kept his room the same, you know, because you know the first time, you know, when we first saw Owen, you know, he was a zombie, so he, had, I don't know how long he had been dead before that, and then he died again. So she's kept mm-hmm. his room the same for quite a long time, and. 
I like that because it says a lot about Jody, and I, I like that. Well, we discussed this, whether or not Jody's even been back to this cabin. Like, it's been a long time since, since she's even been back. And um, Owen died when he was eight, and then he came back. He died of pneumonia. This is the little boy. And he was only back for a few months. He didn't, they, the, you know, the dead didn't really rise a lot for a long time before death really got, got the, the Winchesters in the mix of things. But uh, Jody hadn't really even spent a lot of time at the cabin. I said, you know, it must be a really well-made cabin because there was no dust on anything. But right. they, she had kept it that way because she hadn't been in there. Um, you know, we discussed the fact that when I'm looking for Alex and she's disappeared from the living room, I avoid looking in that room. Like, I go out the back rather than looking in Owen's room just because I'm avoiding his room. And finally being willing to open the door and see Alex lying on his bed just kind of pummels her a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it does. It does say a lot about who Jody is and just the difference between, you know, dealing with stuff and moving on and what's actually repressing stuff and ignoring it. It, it was – I liked, I really liked that moment, that little moment when you come in and you look over at the wall where Owen's ribbons and his pictures are. I, I, I just love that little moment. And then also just the teeny, the smallest moment when you go and put the cross back up after she had taken it down and you go and put it back up. You know, just you can just see the respect and everything that, you know, Jody has for her religion. And, I, you know, I just love you in those two little moments. What the little, you know, those two little moments, you put so much into them, and I really I love those. Well, thank you. And that's also, you know, that's Stefan and the editing. The editing on this was so, I was really, I, I, I was so touched by how much they left in that wasn't, you know, gung-ho moving the plot forward. They really left a lot of stuff in that was, that was character moments and and things like that where you could see what was going on internally even though it wasn't driving the plot forward but it was a window you know and some insight into the character i just i was so i was so honored and touched and and really complimented by how much of that they were willing to leave in because you know on a lot of shows they're just kind of like ah next beat next beat get to the next line let's go let's go so I'm glad that you appreciate it because they, you know, somebody along the way I'm sure had to fight for those moments to stay in. Uh, it, it's always the character moments that I like the best, you know. Action mm-hmm. and everything is awesome, of course. I like action shows. But it's always the character moments that are always my favorites. Well, mm-hmm. I think those are the things that bring us as, you know, I, I think a lot of times television makers forget that we're we're ch- nine times out of ten we're watching this in our home, and that means that on some level these are people in our homes, and so if you're going to, you know, ask me as a viewer to invite this person into my living room, I'd like to know who I'm in a living room with, 
You know, is it the cocky son of a bitch that's going to crack the sharp comment that keeps me laughing? Or is it the gentle person that is going to be silent and I want to hold their hand? You know, whatever it is, they're in my living room and I want to know who they are as opposed to just the next line of the story, next line of the story, next line of the story. Well, you could just hold the script up to the television and let me read it if that were the case. So um, so I think that's, you know, that's why the show's still on because they get how to make good television and they get how to tell the story to us as an audience. I I would agree. I totally agree with that. They're really, mm-hmm. really awesome. Um, I just, I have just realized that it's after six o'clock, and my family um, is expecting me to make them some food at some point. Uh oh, we better let you go. <laughs> we, we can't let your family Uh-oh. starve. <laughs> so do you have Do you have any other questions that are that are waiting that are that are um, imperative that I get answered before I head out? You answered all of mine, so I'm good. Yay. Okay. Um. Just a quick uh, compliment, the commercial you made for Chevy. Oh, that was yeah. gorgeous. You. Thank you. That was, and that was why the hair went off, actually, by the way. That was because mm-hmm. they wanted somebody who really looked like she was a couple months out of, out of chemotherapy. But that was, that was the hardest I've ever worked in my life. That was four days of, you know, they didn't have any cheating menthol spray. They didn't have any onions. They just had, let's be in that moment. And um, whew, another director that would not take a lie. Like the second anything flashed across my mind that wasn't authentic and in the moment, he was like, nope, that wasn't it. Let's go back. Um, so thank you for that. That was, and as you you may or may not know, I lost my mother to cancer. And um, mm-hmm. I have had uh, a number of cervical issues, so I am also personally familiar with cancer. And um, it was really, it was great to tell that story, even though I apologize mm-hmm. to everyone who's, who, who suddenly became depressed in the middle of the Super Bowl, if they already. <laughs> but, um, thank you for that. That was, it was, it was a good thing to be able to do. As a survivor of ovarian cancer, the commercial did not depress me at all. It, I, it, I, it made me feel wonderful to see, because I could, I felt a, a connection with that character in that commercial. It, it was, it made me feel good because uh, you could see that that character was also a survivor, and I, I, I liked it a lot. Well, and that's, isn't it, like. I think people who haven't experienced it imagine the day you get the news as woohoo, yay, let's go and like party, party, and did it. And it's like for me, at any rate, it wasn't. It was. It it, it was almost I can't allow myself to believe I'm okay because of the terror that I just went through. Exactly. Like, I'm still so affected by that fear and pain that I can't let myself believe it. And that's what they wanted to, that's why they said, you know, the road to recovery and, and the survivors that are driving it. Um, and in the audition, that was part of the audition, was the day that you, and then you just get the news that you're okay. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're looking for, but when I got news that I was okay, I just 
I couldn't do anything. Like, it took some time before I could trust I was okay. And um, and that was apparently what they were looking for. They were looking for that kind of, it takes a while. And it's a hard thing to recover from discovering you're mortal, you know? Well, you do know. Well, my It was 20 years ago when oh. it happened to me. And still, every year, when I go for all of my tests, my CT scans, my blood tests, everything, I still get scared to death every year. And yep. it's 20 years ago. So, yeah, yep. it never goes away. It's always there. Nope. And it's and I think it makes us better people. Um, it certainly makes me more compassionate towards how people behave when they're frightened and scared. Like, I'm, it's much easier for me to go, ooh, you're really scared right now, instead of going, why are you being such a dick? It's, it's like, wow. And it, you know, it gives you a depth to draw from when somebody wants to hire you from Chevy. <laughs> it's like everybody else in the auditions were kind of manufacturing there, and I just was like, look, what you see is what you get. This is... My job in this commercial is going to be as being is as being as naked as I can, and um, and they they didn't even put any makeup on me. Like my eyebrows weren't even drawn on. It was just mm-hmm. just being naked and honest. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. When you know a lot of times when when mm-hmm. I receive compliments, I'm I feel kind of fake accepting them because I'm like, wow, that was all the writing. That was all the directing. That was all. And this, while there were so many other things that went into it, um, it's, I'm deeply grateful for the compliments on that commercial because that was Mm -hmm. as naked as I have ever been on film. Mm. Thank you for that. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. And also, hug somebody you love. Not, <laughs> hug somebody you love. It's it. also what? Sorry. I, I was going to say it, it's not depressing to have it in the middle of the Super Bowl because that's such an important message, and that's like the biggest audience ever. Yeah. So to reach a lot of people in a short amount of time, and who knows how many you touched with that performance and, and helped yeah. them. So that's, yeah, that's the perfect well, time is that. I liked the fact, like, that one of the stories that has not been told a lot is the man who's, you know, because because what do you do when your partner is suffering and you truly can't do anything besides drive them home? And I just love, because I remember we had a discussion about that, the the other actor and the director and I, and the director was like, well, but if we pull back the focus to him, then it becomes his story. And I was like, it is his story. It's her journey, but his story. Because that's, you know, the man who doesn't know how to do anything besides be helpless and love. Like, that's a fucking hard place to be. You know, and as women, we kind of get it. We know how painful it is to love someone and watch them suffer. But men, that it does not come naturally to them. So um, it was, it was. I have a feeling that there were probably more men than would like to admit it in this country during the Super Bowl that watched that commercial and were like, oh, shit. Now I'm, 
Now, uh, yeah, that, that now I'm now I've got, I got to go to the bathroom. Got to make I got to <laughs> Whoa, that yeah, fucking ninjas came in, and got onions in my eyes or something. That yeah, <laughs> oof, <laughs> that Dorito, that dip is spicy. Get <laughs> like a jalapeno. <laughs> Whatever. Oh gosh. <laughs> well. We, you know, we'll let you go feed that family. Don't want them thank to starve. <laughs> thank you, and thank you so much. Thank you for this time. Like that, just I, I'm sorry I took up for all of you that were expecting me to go away and let you no. get questions answered. I apologize. No, 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 no this no. was you no, were absolutely apologize. wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank wonderful. You. Well, and it's so lovely talking to you. And um, yeah. I, I I hope to have another one so that we'll get to do this again. Yes, definitely. Yeah. When you're back crossed. season 10, because we know you will be, you have to be back. When you come back in season 10, you come back on our podcast. Yes, please. Thanks to you. <laughs> yes. it's, a, it's a date. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I'm holding you to that. Like you said, we're on we're 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 on air. This is this is a legally binding contract. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yes. It's being recorded, recorded for, for perpetuity. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank, thank you so much, much Kim. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. And I waved to her just then. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, and, um, and I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here crying because of oh. what she was saying about her commercial. Because I mean, seriously, I'm, you're probably going to hear it in my voice right now. But she was saying mm-hmm. about the man was exactly yeah. right. My husband went through so much when I was sick, and he couldn't do anything. And mm-hmm. all, all he could do was just try to be there, and he it it made him so. Yeah, it was perfect, and it just brought it all back to me, and it's making me cry. So it was, it was. She was so right. You can't see, but I'm hugging you. <laughs> you can't feel it, but I'm hugging you. I'm hugging you. It was. It was. Oh, I love her. I love her. I know she was so great. I mean, my gosh, she was here for an hour and a half, and it was so much fun. She's so passionate and so enthusiastic and and um yeah funny great story um i love, I, I love that she gets why we i love that she gets why we love jody like that she's tuned into mm-hmm. that i get i love that Mhm. yep i think it's adorable that jensen still gets to her <laughs> I do too. I, you know, she's she's one of us. She really is. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I can keep my cool about twenty percent of the time. That's mm-hmm. yeah, maybe twenty-five. And Jim Michaels. <laughs> yes, I love when Jim Surprise calls us. It's been a long time. And yeah. from the rap party, how cool was that? <laughs> yeah, with sound check going on in the background. You could hear a little bit of music there towards the end. So, yeah, hope they have a great party tonight. They deserve it. Open up that tequila suitcase. <laughs> oh, but really. 
I could use a bit of that right now. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is it? You've only got like frozen Greek yogurt. <laughs> right, right. And I already finished it. So. <laughs> oh no. I know. All right. Well, we have to talk a lot about this we... episode already. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. going to say, I think we've, um, I mean, as, the only thing really is we do get to see uh, the progression of Dean's callousness. And mm-hmm. I think, one of the things I think there's, you know, we discussed parallels and Jared discussed parallels as well for this season and other seasons. Um, I think what was really interesting is any other time if Sam was tied up and bleeding out, you know, our instinct is to think that Dean is really unconscious, but he was just biding his time, and that's so not Dean Winchester, but it was very reminiscent of Soulless Sam. Mm-hmm. And mm. I thought that was, you know, it's one of those little subtle things that you're like, oh, okay. Which also was in a vampire episode. And exactly. He let become the vampire, which was a nice bit of continuity in this episode because Dean mentions, well, take it from somebody who knows and they remember his time as a vampire. So that was pretty cool. There was, yeah. They mentioned of, Dead know, Man's Blood. Hmm? Yeah, you know, Kim, Kim said it as well, but, you know, major, major accolade to Robert Barron's in this because he hasn't been around, you know, he wasn't there for all of the, the seasons that he, the little things that he referenced occurred way before his time. So, you know, it's it's not easy to come in, you know, at season nine and reference something from season one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, kudos, cool. you know, kudos to him. Kudos to him, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about Dean Callis, I noticed. Um, I had to rewind it to see if I heard what I if I if I heard right today when I was rewatching it. But in the police in the sheriff's office, Dean comes up to to Jody and he calls her Mills. Mm-hmm. And I heard that too. And I was like, you I never say heard Jody. Yeah, he's always just been Jody, and he calls her Mills, and that caught me by surprise. Yeah, yeah I noticed that when I um, – because it, it, it was jarring, and I assume it was mm-hmm. intended to be jarring. Yeah. Um, I liked when Jody asked him how they were doing, and Dean says peachy, and Sam says touch and go. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that covers it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and touch and go is – I thought pretty, pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's better than yeah. That was that was awfully <laughs> generous of Sam to even say that much because really no. <laughs> yeah, you know, Dean says peachy. Mm-mm. <laughs> what about what about when Dean did go to untie Sam, and um, Sam's trying to get his attention to tell him to go get Jody, but Dean thinks mm-hmm. he's going to tell him, "I know you wouldn't do the same thing." Yeah, that, well, I was like, yeah. yeah, it's Dean saying it, but it's also, like you were saying with the Mills thing, it kind of goes to show that Dean has forgotten about her. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a twofold yeah. moment. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Well, my my dog is literally growling at me to feed her. Oh no! Like, <laughs> I, I hope Jody's family, uh, Kim's family wasn't growling at her too. So <laughs> they might. Yeah, they'll be growling at us. <laughs> Keeping her for so long. Um. Hmm. You know, well, I guess <laughs> I just it made me laugh okay. because that duct tape would hold Jared for like half a second or Sam for like two seconds. That duct tape, the way they had it, it's like you know, it's just gonna go right through that. But I well before before I go um before we go, I really like the way uh, Jared played the blood loss because mm-hmm. one of the things that one of the things that's always quite the testament is when you have an actor who knows they're not at the forefront of a scene, but they're still connected to the scene. Mm-hmm. And Jared and Jensen are both really good at doing that. Yes. And I really like that Jensen spoke up about how the last time Jody had left, Sam and Dean weren't particularly solicitous of her condition and just let her carry her own suitcase and he was adamant about adding they need to yes. make sure she's okay and all that which I, I thought was it was a great moment. Because it's something um, we that also, like, we discussed when um when we spoke about the episode. It's something we discussed and we were like that was abrupt and uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was strange and it was almost the same thing here. If if Jensen and Jared, if, yeah, had if they, not, if, if they hadn't um, altered it, mm-hmm. it would have it would have felt the same. Yeah. Also, just that Sam and Dean still aren't really talking. Sam is probably still angry, but we're not really sure. Um, but he's but he's put that aside for the moment and is worried about Dean. He says. Dean's enjoying the killing too much, and then Dean counters and says, "Well, you should you should enjoy killing bad things." And he's not wrong, but they got interrupted, so Sam couldn't really explain where he was coming from. So I I really hope they have that conversation sooner than later. Oh, well, we know from Jensen that 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 doesn't really come into play. Or hit a, come to a head until twenty two twenty one because coming up next we have the the backdoor pilot right. you know, that's going to have yeah not as much I assume not as much focus on Sam and Dean anyway let alone um, mm-hmm. any in depth on their relationship yeah and I, I I don't like to jump to conclusions or prejudge anything without having seen it but the little preview, I wasn't overwhelmed. I mean, I'll wait to watch the episode and, you know. I felt exactly, it's funny that you said I wasn't overwhelmed because the thing that popped into my head right when it, when the teaser or the trailer aired was, I know you can be overwhelmed, I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? Because I was just whelmed. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, I, I didn't see it and sit up and go can't wait to see that and but right and then they really yeah and they released a whole bunch of stills and the stills that i i i love the most were the ones of 
sanity. I mean, I know that I know that part of it for me is coming. Yeah, part of it for me is coming from a place that I'm still slightly bitter that it's not either the Rufus Bobby spinoff or the Castiel mm-hmm. spinoff. Or I wanted a spinoff about a character I already know and care about. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to meet new people. <laughs> I don't want to meet well, new people. It, I don't want. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would be fine to meet new people in a completely different show, but I don't want to meet new people and you tell me that it's supernatural because, mm-hmm. yeah. So also, yeah. It was, I'm still it was, I'm still harboring that resentment. Yeah, I also think it just reminded me that, and it happens. It doesn't happen very often at all with with Jared and Jensen and and you know people like Eric Kripke and Robert Singer and everybody behind. That's that's light that's a lightning strike, you know, of chemistry and something very special and it, it you know, it doesn't happen all the time. So I mean I I will watch with an open mind, but so far I'm I'm whelmed. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Um I'm just not like you said, I'm not excited to see it. But I mean I'll obviously I'm not panning it preemptively. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm just not still in 30 seconds. Well, I saw a trailer for S.H.I.E.L.D. and was beyond excited, and then I started watching it, and it took me the entire season to really get up any enthusiasm for it because the show itself did not match the excitement of the trailer. (laughs) And again, a known universe. So we'll, we'll see. I have to say that there... I am looking forward to seeing Jared and Justin, Sam and Dean, and the, actually in the United States, not fake United States, the real United States, you know, the yes. actual Chicago. <laughs> and Chicago. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not Vancouver, just the Chicago, you know, actual Chicago. <laughs> so I am, yes. I am looking forward to that. Yes, which, you, which, you know, you realize is not a, not a, big goal, you know, it's like, you know, the bar is not real high. I was going to say, you know, that's a, that's a, that's quite the curve you're grading on right there. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I will say, like I said, I'm someone who really resisted, like, Angel uh, being the Buffy spinoff. I was just, like, not interested at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. And then it had been into season three. I caught one episode of season three, which happened to be Waiting in the Wings. Mm-hmm. So really not the kind of episode you should jump right into because I didn't know what's going on. I just knew that that's Angel and that's Cordy. Okay. I was really not impressed. I didn't start watching it until they announced that James Marston was going to play Spike on season five. And I went back and I watched one through four. So I could understand, mm-hmm. but I could watch for Spike, and I was like, "Oh, this show's really good." Oh, mm-hmm. it's actually, yeah. And in my opinion, it's technically better than Buffy. I love Buffy more, but I think it's technically better. And, there um, were times when I loved Angel more than than Buffy. I said, "This is this is a better show." Sometimes, not that yes. I didn't like yeah. Buffy anymore. I loved it, but I thought Angel I agree. could be the better show. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. However, I will say the difference between that and this is. For me, Angel was the grown-up version of Buffy, the mature version of Buffy, Mm -hmm. where this is the opposite. And so I will say that 
you know, that does that does temper my mm-hmm. my well, interest quite a bit. One of the actors in this episode is on is in Bloodlines, correct? Is it Grace Grayson Grayson Holt? The one in Bloodlines. I, I, I know he's on that show Bitten on Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, I didn't no, know I could he was be in Bloodline. Thinking of that, <laughs> I could be thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodline. I Bloodline keep calling Bitten it Blood Tribes. They both start with a B. Yeah, I um, keep calling. Like, I keep calling it spin-off Blood Tribes. So you know that shows that goes to show how much I'm paying attention. <laughs> um, we'll see if I can try and figure it out here. Um. Uh, I know I saw that there was a a crossover. Hopefully. Oh well, I'll have to keep checking. Was it Jim Michaels who tweeted that? Oh. have to go back and check. Anyway. But yes, yes, we will all give Blood Tribes a fair try. For sure. Yes. I do have to say, I do like several of the actors that are in it. Um, Nathaniel Buzalik, Buzalik, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who was Cole on Vampire Diaries. I really like him, and I liked his character on Pretty Little Liars this past season. Um, then there's another actor, forgive me, I don't remember his name. He was also on Pretty Little Liars, and I liked him on there. And then um, Stephen Martinez, I like him a lot. I think that's his name. So there's actors I like. So if I like, you know, I like the actors, so. Just have to see how well I like the storyline. Yep, we'll we'll see. And you know, hopefully we'll all be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> uh, anything else? Something about... I would like to be wrong about. So I would like to be wrong about what blood lines. Yes, I know I like the title change. Yeah, I used to tribe. I don't have a problem with tribes. I mean, actually, I'm not. Again, with both titles, I'm kind of whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did Dean call it in this thing? Did Godfather, Godfather with monsters, Godfather with fangs, something like that? Yeah, I think Godfather with fangs. I think is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> a couple minutes left of our live show. Is there any news we need to report? We'd like to thank Jim Rhodes once again for being a fantastic guest and Jim Michaels for being a wonderful surprise. Um, We are Winchester Radio. You can find out everything about the podcast and uh, any supernatural news for cast and crew at winchesterbrothers.com. There are always links to our podcast, uh, the most recent one and all the others in the past there. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Winchester Bros. You can subscribe and download us through iTunes. Um, I think I believe that's it. Becky or Vinny, you have any news or anything we need to 
going to be pretty slow right now, actually. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, oh, hold on real quick. I'll be at... I won't be on the podcast next week. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That reminds me. Um, I will be at DCCon. So if anybody listening is there, come find me, say hi. Um, Yeah, you guys are going to do what lines without me. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, if you had, like, pick a time, this is, you know... (laughs) At least it's not the finale. <laughs> will you be tweeting for Winchester Rose? From um, of course. So yes. um, make sure that you're following us on Twitter because I will be tweeting. Um, I'll try to take pictures. I don't actually own a camera. I do have a broken iPhone, so we'll see how well we can do. Uh, <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> hey, okay. I should have talked about this. I, I had time to mail you my camera. I didn't even speak about it. I didn't either. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so it's, um, if you see a tall girl with a broken iPhone, she's me. Come find me. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> and bring cupcakes. <laughs> yes, if you have cupcakes, even better. Even yeah. better. <laughs> yep. Well, so on that note, we will uh, sign off. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Good night, everyone. Have a good weekend.